In this edition of Inspired Conversations over a Kappa, let's talk about green designs. Today, we are lucky to have Sunala Javadana with us in the studio to discover the green mind behind the green designs. Sunala Javadana is a power-packed lady with multiple strengths and talents. She is probably best known as Sri Lanka's leading environmental architect. So, Sunala, what inspired you to think out of the box? Well, I don't think... <laughs> of it as thinking out of the box. I think of it um, as being inspired by the environment, by um, which means, uh, you know, when I design, I give environment uh, the priority. And if it's in a pristine site, it's about preserving the environment. But if it's in a distressed site, it's about nurturing and uh, enhancing uh, environments through rewilding processes and uh, I think I use the obvious tool to me is to refer vernacular design systems and uh, building when you refer to vernacular building systems um, it's about traditional elements of design which have been used in a particular place for generations for centuries and the reason it's obvious is because they have been used again and again because it works now in today's world when we've gone so far away from uh, natural environments using traditional systems which have incorporated the natural environment in their uh, building yeah uh, seems uh, as though I'm thinking out of the box I don't see it that way I see it as just trying to track the evolution of uh, environmental design and uh, working my uh, design using those, I'd say, tools and using my training, which is my skill set, to interpret uh, uh, a design or a, a solution in a particular environment. That's brilliant. So now let's talk about a little bit about the international architectural design and the trends and how these green concepts entangled with this uh, construction field and everything. So how do you incorporate the geography of the place, the climate, as well as the social environment in design? Um, how do I do it? Is because uh, it, it, when I work, I go to a site first. I wouldn't draw a line without seeing the site. Um, getting a sense of it um, in terms of light, wind, uh, its uh, particular climatic uh, uh, zone, uh, what weather patterns, what and then uh, how people and wildlife interact with that particular site. For instance, if it's wildlife, I mean, I, uh, it may be in extreme case an elephant uh, corridor, and then I. It would have to be large enough to accommodate the elephants and then the humans who are trying to be there as well. And whether it actually can is also important. Um, and uh, if, you know, uh, let's talk of something simpler like, say, the monsoons. If it's, where is it positioned? Where does the monsoon uh, rain come from? And those would be uh, the guiding factors on any site. So I actually don't think that uh, except in an urban situation where it's a blank slate, you where you can just do anything and uh, you know monumental architecture where you want to make a, a statement. Um, 
you know that's all your option that's you know that uh, that's your only option i'd say uh but uh, outside where most of my work is outside in uh, you know where there is uh, out of urban situations where then you take in consideration water flow and all these things and that's the only way you design because there's going to have huge mistakes if you haven't understood the soil the wind you know in certain places the wind is so strong that you have to pin the roof to the walls now, if you didn't know that your roof would fly so it's, it's as simple as that you know you have to understand the geographical context of any site otherwise you'd fail so sunala i'm pretty sure we have listeners with us today who is thinking of uh, building a house or building a concept with integrating that with the green designs and things and also must be thinking of refurbishing remodeling so for those can you share us with some tips that we can as a even as a small uh, home builder how we can integrate uh, the things that you have discussed with us right now through maybe as few tips maybe or as few um, lessons learned of your journey uh, the story is bit of it so um well i think what any one who wants to build uh, whether it's a home or other, some other facility they have to first understand what they want what do they expect to get out of that site is it a place of rest is it a place to visit is it a place for people to just transit through and then you have to understand uh, once you've understood what you want out of it you have to understand how you can establish that within the space right so if you were on uh, say let's say you're building a, a home and uh, i'd say first thing is understand your site understand where your light comes do you want which spaces do you want light in which spaces that you don't want light in says can have a uh, airflow which uh, spaces can uh, survive without airflow like for instance storerooms or bathrooms or something might not need as much airflow as say a bedroom or a living room where you spend a lot more time so you take those things into consideration then you take things like water flow across your property where does the water flow and when it rains where will it flow how once you put your uh, structure on it so these are things uh, which very often uh, lead to problems if they have not been thought through uh, before um one thing is that a lot of people want to build homes that are statements uh, social statements but in the process they mess it up for themselves you know they let these huge imposing structures on these tiny little bits of land and not only don't i mean something that works visually is a very subjective thing but uh, they might not actually work in terms of the um the particular environment then because if you have this massive house on a tiny little site where does the water go where is your air flow and uh, then are you going to create this very conditioned uh, environment which a is very costly you know uh if you have to manage all the water that falls on your roof and walls and on your paved areas if you um don't have airflow you have to be a, you have it completely air conditioned if you um if you haven't uh, considered light then you will have to be dependent on artificial lighting so these are things which one has to take into consideration take on board um remind your um, designer your architect that these are things that you consider important right 
So one last question I would like to ask because I uh, I have seen that uh, most of the post construction issues that we face is the waste disposal disposal because we ha- you haven't thought it through in your design phase you might have also come across this issue so you have any pro tips on uh, waste disposal um so there are all sorts of waste um so in a in a living situation you'll have waste water you'll have night soil you'll have food and uh, con- basically consumer waste right um and each one has its own solution if you're in an urban situation the waste uh, your daily waste your f- food and uh, consumer say your packaging waste and all is taken away from you that's what urban municipalities are supposed to do uh water and um, night soil i mean in urban city again you'd plug you'd sort of uh, plug into a sewer system but if it's on a standalone i mean in a um, provincial or uh, suburban uh, neighborhood you might not have that facility then you have to address that and there are very simple systems of you know uh, septic tanks and all that but in say bigger properties like hotels i mean i know very uh, well known hotels which have uh, the septic tanks are not designed to take the hotel at uh, full capacity uh they sit in catchment areas of irrigation tanks and one really wonders where that waste goes so these are things which one needs to take on board rainwater is a big problem because um, people are building there is a lack of uh, implementation of laws uh, people are bypassing them through various means So our streets are getting flooded our rain our stormwater drains can't catch the water in urban situations but there it's not uh, due to a lack of law it's uh, due to a lack of implementation of law so i think it's up to every designer and homeowner to be uh, have some uh, sense of responsibility um because at the end of the day it's going to be your problem you can pass it off you can turn your storm water through some little hole on the side into someone else's property or you can turn it onto the road so that you know pedestrians can't walk the drains get blocked but i think at the end of the day it's going to come back to you one way or the other so it's better to design responsibly yeah and i think as we are part of this ecosystem it's better that we design for nature rather than yeah yes. to accept our situation as a species which is something i always say. thank you sunala thank you sunala jawadana for that inspiring conversation indeed thank You're you most welcome and thank you for having me